0: How its genres blend, bounce off each other, and advance a rich tapestry of storytelling innovation. Together, we'll gain a deeper appreciation for this wondrous, shape-shifting medium. Our journey begins soon. Be part of this adventure by subscribing to CinemaScope today.
1: Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. To
2: the losers?
1: We made an oath.
2: I swear. If it isn't dead, if it ever comes back, we'll come back to you. We didn't stop it. Cloud, it's back to school time on the film board from the next reel on rashpixel.fm. We spoil movies, and this month the gang has gathered to teach me all about why people like horror movies. Seriously, what is enjoyable about this scary stuff? <sighs> Two years ago, Stephen King's It hit theaters and promptly set a record for the highest-grossing horror film of all time, more than 700 million buckos in worldwide revenue. And now, this week, we have the sequel in It Chapter 2. And because of all that hullabaloo, these guys made me see both of them. (laughs) And yes... I was scared. I jumped. I stopped the movie. I ran away. I laughed when I had no other emotions to do it. It was just, yeah, terrible. Uh, Anyway, let me begin by introducing you to my tormentors, uh, uh, teachers. Uh, Say hello and tell me how much you like the scary stuff. See Sparmento, What do you think?
3: I like some of the scary stuff. I like scary stuff that is uh, embracing the genre of uh, saying using using the genre to say things, not just to be creepy. Uh, So that's that's my my preference for for what I would consider the scary stuff.
2: Okay, good to know. Pete, Pete, how do you feel about horror? right? Say hello. I'm
4: uh, I'm learning. I'm uh, (laughs) hi. Also, uh, everyone. Uh, very (laughs) glad to be here. I am also, uh, I'm, I'm exploring my inner horror freak. I, I feel like I'm learning. I'm trying to see more scary stuff. And I'm with Steve. If there is some sort of resonance, if there's something that is trying to make me look at it in a new and and interesting way, uh, then I am, I'm all in as soon as it.
2: Yeah. We'll talk about. We'll talk about what happens on the other side of that. Okay, I think that's good. And now I've saved kind of the last one here. Tommy Handsome. say hi and talk to us about horror.
1: Hi, not a fan. No, I'm (laughs) I'm an enormous fan. It's my favorite genre. (laughs) And back in the day, I would pretty much see everything, every horror movie, because there would always be something in there where it's like, oh, you just elevated this idea, whether it was just this version of a scare or a jump scare or a pinball, or it's really about this, that is no longer an option because with Netflix and it's apparently so easy to make a movie, everyone has made a horror movie. And there's so many out there that it's not possible. But no, I mean, horror movies are my favorite thing. I think they send me through the most and um, they're, they're what I get the most out of.
2: Well, my apologies mostly to you, Tommy, because I uh, I tend to avoid the horror movies because I I don't generally don't like being scared. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's a negative emotion built on negative stimuli that I try to avoid. I mean, pain is meant to help you avoid things that are painful, Mm. right? Fear is like that for me. Mm. (laughs) I'm trying to avoid things. Oh, Jerry's out on that. But in this one, since there's relevance to the film industry and potentially to horror as a genre, I have pulled it together and I bounced up and down a little bit, shaking my hands back and forth, trying to open my mind, trying to get where you are, Pete, when you talk about discovering your inner horror freak. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that, but I'm <laughs> going to use it because you, it's, you know, the solidarity. Here we go. Okay. Exactly. We're trying. So uh, I and uh, I've already seen both movies. Now I went. I watched it one. Uh, on uh, I I downloaded it and I stopped it only twenty eight times, but I got through it. Uh, and so I think I've already done the heavy lifting. So I just don't know. So as you know, sort of a voice here and a host, I don't know how objective I'll be able to be because in my mind, fear equals bad. I promise I will try. So (laughs) you're very proud of you, JJ. Thank you. I I
1: feel I deserve it. No, I was legit proud of you that you were okay to go see this in a theater. Yeah, because uh, mm. you're not allowed to like walk around and shake your. Well, I guess you can. Maybe go to like a
4: mob. Uh, uh, I imagine. I just can imagine him screaming. <laughs> I jumped up
2: a bunch, and I want. I'm going to post. I took a picture on uh, to post on Instagram, and I'm going to do it. I haven't done it. I should have done it the day that we saw it. I saw it yesterday. But I took it from, you know, like the little hallway that leads up to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> the the <laughs> I aisle, took a yeah. picture of where the, the aisle ish thing where I watched some of the movie from, but, um, what is that? <laughs> so what do we call Is you. that
1: like the foyer? <laughs> it's not. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. So I jumped up and around and I actually, Gameplay. you know, now you get to, you get to pick your seats now, right? That's something that's, right. so I literally picked the closest seat. To the door. So E1, <laughs> thank you for E1. Um, I was right there on the corner so that I wouldn't disturb anyone as I'm like, okay, I'm leaving now. Uh, there was some <laughs> of that. So anyway, that, but uh, <laughs> my point about bringing up all this stuff is I don't know how objective I'll be able to be because the stuff that people love about horror in general, I don't really love about movies. So uh, I need you guys to kind of tell me if, you, if this was a good one. So why don't we start there with your initial thoughts? Uh, Tommy, let's go. Let's go right from there. Tommy, was this a good one for you? It's my time to shine.
1: Um, Yay. The movie is a bit of a mess. It's a okay. very, very hit or miss with scares. It's really not all that scary. Um, mm. But I was completely, I loved the fun house feeling that I got. It's incredibly ambitious. I yeah. weirdly, surprisingly, when during, I was like, What? At the end, I believe that the incredibly long running time was deserved. I felt it really touched on a lot of things. I love the fun house. Anything can happen kind of thing. A lot of the acting was great. Bill Hader is a national treasure. I ended up really enjoying the film and I actively want to see it again.
2: That's cool. Will you stack them uh, one over two? I think I like two
1: over one
2: okay that's Is that what you huge. were asking yeah
1: i think i like that's two a more. big thing yeah okay. and uh, you, I, you can see pete agrees with me his little <laughs> red glasses of judgment see you up there <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: uh, <laughs> I, i'm not watching the live stream yeah. i should be doing that at the same they time they turn okay. more red when he disagrees if, you, if everyone watches <laughs> their mood glasses okay well let's hear it pete what did you think of this one
4: well, I I was uh, I really ended up enjoying uh, the first it, it, chapter one, and I thought the kids were fantastic, just sort of vessels of uh, kind of their journey into darkness, and um, the the sort of darkness as a cleansing kind of thing. And I found myself intrigued by where we're going to go here and, uh, you know, how are they going to tie all these things together? I hadn't read the book. I, I actually, I should say that clearly. I haven't read the book. I'm about halfway oh. through the book and I'm fascinated by, uh, how they ended up building these two movies structurally. I feel like the running time is not deserved. And it, I mean, it's just too long. And I was listening to this interview with, uh, um, uh was what, Andy yes, uh who says, Yeah, I have a four hour version of this movie, uh just it chapter two. And I think for the Blu-ray, not only am I going to put all the stuff that ended up getting cut back, uh, I think there's more stuff I'd like to show. Oh my goodness. Oh. And the interviewer says, Wait, 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 I'm sorry, what? You're going to shoot new scenes? Yeah, I think wow. we can. And with uh, the performance that this movie is doing, these two movies have done, I think he has certainly the the cred to do it and um uh and and make an even bigger movie. I don't know that I'm I'm into that. I, I'll I'll buy it sure because I'm, you know, I collect things. <laughs> but um it was it was long, it was a mess and by the time it hit the end uh, the kind of big climax, it was every bit fake things, throwing <laughs> fake things at fake things. And I am I will be deeply surprised if Tommy finds that last sequence rewarding
2: at well, all. That, I'm glad you bring that up, and, and we will definitely get to that. But my question for you, it, to go to the running time question is... Which final sequence are you talking about? <laughs> because,
1: <laughs> it holy does, smoke. It does
2: have some Lord of the Rings. What? Oh. Well, I, yeah. I tried <laughs> to leave three times and I was like, wait, but the credits haven't started yet. Okay. Anyway. I was like, what if
1: the TV series just started? <laughs> that
2: miniseries, and You're like,
1: wait, what? This is a part
2: of it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's canon. Kiss me, fat boy. Oh, I can't get enough of Tim Curry. So so that we, we clearly have a lot to talk about. That's really great. But I want to hear uh, initial thoughts, too, from Steve. What did you think?
3: I have to say, first, I'm a little bit distracted because I'm watching over Tommy's corner just waiting for Pennywise to show up through his little Shush. vertical blinds
2: back there. <laughs> you because- <laughs> can't turn this into a horror film for me now, too.
3: Because, because if this were a movie, Hell. that's exactly what would happen. Is here's a movie about guys doing a podcast, and we watch the killer come right through right. The, the slats there. Foster sits there, watches the killer come back, kill Tommy, and say... Yeah, okay, I'm all right. Tommy, that. stop
1: bouncing. He's behind you. You guys, and I just keep doing
2: this the whole time. Yeah.
1: I do dress up Foster uh, like a clown. It's cool.
2: But uh sure.
3: I I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum with oh. from Pete on oh. this one. I I by the time the credits rolled, I thought, I can't believe it's only bit it went that fast. Oh. I really enjoyed it. I've read the book and I'm curious to hear Sort of the plotting on that because I knew what was going to happen, having read the book. So I, you know, as far as pacing, I'm I was long for the ride. I know what's coming. There were some some changes that were made. Uh, you can't. It's an adaptation. You can't have everything in there. Um, and I saw that they went back. You know, we have a lot of stuff with the kids. I think there were some scenes I was expecting in the first one. Uh, we'll get into those things, like the Paul Bunyan piece. Uh, so it was yeah. nice to see mm-hmm. those things back. But to me, this was a great story about adults coping with childhood trauma and how you have to face those things head on. If you if you bury them, it it really inhibits you as a as a person. And so to me, it's a again what the genre does well is taking. Those things, the horror, all of that, and putting it in the context of here's a story that's communicating some ideas that people can benefit from if they sort of follow the threads and the clues that are, are presented there. And to me, this one worked really, really well. I really enjoyed
2: it. Well, that's and it's interesting that you bring that up. And I want to talk to you about that, too, because where the line starts to blur for me when I start to get into horror films that I can kind of deal with is where we start to make those sort of artful or metaphoric uh, through lines about what the story is about. So uh, that is something, that is something that I didn't necessarily find with this, but I think that people that do will really like it. So f- first, uh, you know, in, in general, for me, I, I didn't super like it because of what it was trying to do to me <laughs> around every corner. Um, and, and, and of course, we already kind of got into the fact of how it was way, way long. So, but it, it, I can stomach store st- some scary when the story is good. So uh, I first want to give a quick, and very spoilerish way that I understand the story. And then I want to dig into the kind of stuff you're talking about there, Steve, with like, I love the idea of dealing with childhood trauma and, and how it maybe manifests later in life. But I get concerned with a story like this because there might be something else there. So this is the sequel, right? So what happens here is the creepy thing that appears like a clown and steals slash kills. Everyone comes back on his 27 year old cycle. And it begins again to do his thing, prompting the only person from the first movie that's left in Scary Dairy to call in the blood pact that all the kids had made in the first one. Uh, Most of them reluctantly return and realize they've forgotten most all of everything from their childhood. So maybe that's kind of the trauma thing that could be interesting. Uh, But it also comes rushing back to them. Again, it is back and it's trying to scare the pants off them and also gain revenge on the battles from the first one. We start to learn some of the origins of it and we try to banish it uh, yet again, but ultimately learn that standing up to our fears is the best way to crush them, regardless of whether they're spun up inside of ourselves or amplified by some alien eater of worlds. Is that right? Did I, am I getting that, was very any of that good. wrong? Very good. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So uh, I want to jump uh, to the point of, you know the sort of the 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 book of the vampire idea, the 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 mythology of what what, what was in here. I I really like where you were going with what you were saying in your initial thoughts, Steve, of that it's about this childhood trauma and all this stuff. Um, for me, I tend to really like when they dig deep into the mythology in these kind of movies because I like to kind of explain something to myself, which I think is probably contrary to what horror people like anyway, because they want to be scared by it. But they didn't do that here. So I ended up not liking that as much. But potentially that's it, it, that that would have deflated the story anyway. So I think they do a good job of treating us like grownups and saying, you figure out what you want from the story anyway. Is that kind of what you're talking about, Steve? Is is your takeaway about that, that you saw that this was about childhood trauma and something that's greater than the story of this thing that's scaring it?
3: Yes. and And part of that comes from the changes they made from the book, because, again, you've got Stephen King and his huge sort of universe of stories. And so you have... A scene late in the book uh, where you've got a giant turtle that has <laughs> who throws, who you throws know, up the earth, universe, yeah. and so you've got these forces, and it it ties back to Dark Tower and and sure. all of those things, and and they cut out that sort of mystical aspect of it, and I think the the best way to then approach it is. Make this about the characters, and so the the whole the whole quest for them to each find their tokens, and that that piece made it much more personal to each of the characters rather than just a, sort of this their small players in a larger cosmic good versus evil battle. And I th- I think being aware of that decision really heightened for me the focus that the filmmakers were trying to put on each of these characters, what their their traumas were having to go back to these locations and, and face sort of other isolated confrontations they had with Pennywise, uh, that, that tied into some specific anxieties and fears they had and come back with those tokens and, you know, we they have to destroy those tokens. They have to destroy that that fear, that anxiety that's holding them back. So for me it was it was very present up front. But again, I may be more aware of that because I had Questions about how they were going to handle giant, you know, macroverse stories about, you know, galactic turtles. And -hmm. when I saw they weren't going in that direction, I was I was paying attention to those changes a little bit more than perhaps Pete, you know, who hasn't hasn't read the book. I'm kind of curious how his sense of the plotting of how all those pieces worked as an overall story, uh, not knowing
2: what was coming.
1: I was actually surprised by how much of the cosmic stuff was kept in.
2: All of that legend of Chud that was so distracting for me, not knowing what word they were saying. I was like, "Should I know C-H-U-D? that?" Chud, and we're pretending that With Chud an wasn't already. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that the the what became the deadlights fell from space and stuff. It is yeah. like Steve is saying, it is so much about trauma. It is so much a horror version of going through and figuring out how to move forward. I was surprised how much they actually kept in, huh. uh, because that was always. Uh, for me, in the book, the least interest.
0: The I love the thing, idea.
1: Uh, yeah, I love the idea of a town
2: so evil that there isn't like an evil born within it. See, now, yeah, and that's where in, in the first one, that's what I thought they were doing, too. It was the to- the evil town thing. And then clearly that's something different.
1: I like the idea also, though, that you, you look at a town that has sort of been left behind in time and you're like, what? Why are they such a mess? Oh, there's actually an evil force. I don't also need that to come from space. Either way, I'm just I was surprised. I just want to get in the middle of uh, because I was surprised that they went as far as they did. It doesn't do anything for me.
2: Right. So, Pete, did you? So I haven't read the book. Tommy, you've read the book, too, right? Long time ago. But yeah. So so Pete, you and I haven't or you're doing the book a, a bit now. Did you gather, uh, uh, let's think of that as three separate ways to view potentially this storyline. We have the dealing with fears that come from trauma, the real sort of humanist thing. We have the cosmic story of this being thing that fell from space. And then we have the concept of this town that's kind of left behind. It, which one of those, or, or were they all part of it for you? Did, did you gather parts of all of that for your in, 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 taking into this movie?
4: I'm okay. I'm two thirds there, and and I think that's really funny uh, because you know they had this often repeated through line about how terrible the uh, yes. James McAvoy's yes. endings are, and I, I thought this is this is that Stephen King thing where they're walking that line uh, of of giving way too much of the nonsense like you know mystical space stuff uh, that comes out of the books and they they're trying to balance that with the the humanist piece that people can relate to immediately like live in the now like they get it It doesn't need to be too spiritual they still have the three floating lights and all that stuff and the gaping maw and, (laughs) and all of that which i totally tuned out of like i was not into that at all i feel like the the dose of like the 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 ceremony of Chud and, all, <laughs> Chud. you know, all that stuff was just the bare minimum that they had to do to to be even remotely true to uh, to the end of the book, yeah. I guess, uh, since I haven't gotten there yet. Um and they did that. I think they that was those are sure. some hard choices to make and they they made those choices. But for me, I attached much more to the first two thirds of this movie uh and the and the idea of the way it ties to the first movie that there was there was we got to witness the trauma that these adults are now trying to live through and figure out and face and and that was the stuff that I thought was most interesting in this movie. It was it was that uh that sociocultural
2: um Uh, journey. And I think that's interesting. I think, I think if that's the place you go with this movie, which someone like me is not going to be able to do, to be honest, I mean, I'm so scared throughout the entire thing and I'm so fixated on what's doing the scaring that I can't get into the real sort of thoughtful, creative thing that you guys are talking about. That sounds really interesting to me. I guess for me, the point about the cosmic thing or the other thing, it becomes distracting from the potential thing that you're talking about, which is this sociological thing that's there to because I'm so damn scared mm. so uh so my yeah. point and I think that any that. one of those stories could be interesting if we were to dig into those that's why I kind of tried to i guess s- segment it out into these three things but so so for my benefit it's an alien right yes. yeah yeah okay. I mean an
1: alien but like close to potentially almost like a an elder god. From like right. Lovecraftian things. It's not just like right. he came from a planet and was like, let's go do this. He's, he is, uh, Pennywise, it, it is like a force of evil that is eternal.
4: Okay, so I just got to ask this because this is, please, please, please. This is like, I'm I'm pulling out my hair in this movie thinking about you guys in particular uh, because like that's dumb, right? That's just dumb. After all of this real practical oh, evil in the town a- like to try to put a name to it and like it was an a turtle is the ultimate like uh wise other elder god that is that that's just dumb i love lovecraftian stuff but that doesn't match i need tommy to say that i need tommy to tell me that that's that's okay i love lovecraftian
1: things i love the idea of these uh elder gods that were there before us and everything i never needed it from the book and i never needed it in this movie this kind of explanation coming from space really minimizes i wanted it to just Sort of be. I wanted a town. I wanted a town that was so weirdly corrupt that it almost like calcified into this living being. So no, I mean I'm not a fan of that in this situation, Pete. No,
4: I'm not. Because that's that's exactly the problem that I had with it too. Is that that they got when they got away from the. I mean, when this story is at its best, it is it's when we are trying to figure out uh, why humanity is struggling against itself. Why, where do these evil forces come from that we do such things to each other? And as soon as they try to put a, uh, a kind of spiritual bent on it, a cosmic bent on it, I lost the thread. And I generally, like, you put me in science fiction fantasy realm and I'm already there, but this movie was so grounded in the sewer yeah. of evil Right. That I felt like they it was kind of a betrayal of the story to do that. And now I know I'm making a critique of a book that I haven't finished yet, but I'm already going down that road of thinking this is about to get really dumb. And I don't know what to do about that because I like I feel like, oh, the endings suck. Well, you're right. That joke, it turns out there's a reason why those things are funny.
1: For the record, though, it still ended up
4: working for me enough because it was still about
1: confronting fear. They didn't have yeah. to go get a yeah. sword from planet Xenu and right. like, like pour Zilf on it or something like that. Like it ended up being <laughs> very human.
4: You're right. I mean, you use the yeah. word Xenu and Zilf in, in a sarcastic spirit, but they did do the ceremony of Chud, Tom. <laughs> I know, but the ceremony was
1: very human based and was very mm-hmm. metaphorical. Like Steve has been saying of it's almost dab. You can't hide behind <laughs> like it's, Steve. It's the, um, it's the ser- series of coping yes. with death. Uh, Like Dabda, they go through literally each of those points as they go through. So it still works for me enough. I don't need the cosmic stuff, but I'm able
2: to overlook it. From what I understand from Stephen King is that he is a believer in both. And that's why he writes these stories like this. There are other stories that he tells like this too. Where we have both of these beliefs that humanity is suffering against itself, and that he also believes that there's this Lovecraftian old god that may be the cause of it. And he's create elder. He's this creative thing on both sides that can tell us both those stories. Now, for me, in this particular story, if Pennywise or the Deathlights or whatever it it is is in his own words, an eater of worlds, right? And why did he just stay in dairy? And why does he only show up every 27 years? He believes he's an eater. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can
1: see he is a a fake person. He is a straw person that just lives on fear. Uh, And so kind of like certain politicians that we know, like he just lives on, I'm the most important thing that you have to think about. And without your scare or adoration or fear or something that that's sort of the point of the movie is he is just a straw man
4: which is like it all it is your belief in me that makes me big and it is also then your uh you know your
2: uh betrayal of me that yeah disbelief or just ability to like disbelief yeah really see it as it is and that's where we get into the brilliance of the societal message of what's coming here And if you can isolate to that, I think that's where the story gets really good. And I think we're all kind of saying that. I think that was introduced most by Steve here. And now when you read it, Steve, is that the take on the book, even with all the cosmic stuff? I mean, what what I'm asking here is I want to believe that, too, but I'm so distracted by the (laughs) creepy, gaping maw alien. So how do I appreciate this for what it truly can be?
3: well that's that's your challenge as a, as a viewer and, and and everybody brings their own filter to this and so this is i always bring my literary criticism you know chops to to movies and try and deconstruct the text that way so as far as the, as far as the book yeah i mean stephen king overwrites everything and his books are ridiculously huge and he's got this megaverse macroverse that he likes to play around in so yeah it's there can you set it aside sure the characters are the there. There's so much more in the book, the whole history of dairy that, that gets into the nature of it and its 27-year cycles, and that it's it's crash-landed there. I mean, that's what we see. So it's stranded on this planet, and this is how it survives is these 27-year cycles It feasts, and then it goes into hibernation and, and comes back. So he's playing sure. around with lots of things. Does he need to have internal logic to it? No, he's Stephen King. He can do what he wants. But I think he's You know, created some really compelling characters and the the, these filmmakers were able to draw all of these pieces out of it. And they did such a, a great job with to me in the initial introduction of each of these characters, we're seeing how their trauma has carried over. We see that Eddie has married his mother. We see that um not literally Beverly. Beverly has, has married her father, you know, in an abusive man. We've got our architect who's the lonely fat kid who, you know, is presenting his, his building and they're saying, let's put up walls. He's like, no, this is about community. Here's the guy whose fear is being alone and isolated, trying to create environments for people to come together. That's what drives his work. And we yet also all, doing it, doing yeah, it alone meet, from his mansion the on the hill. Virtually. Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. face, Because
3: he's still got that anxiety, that fear of being alone. So we see all of these pieces there. We get the setups for the characters, and I think they they did a very nice job with with pulling this all together. I think there is a certain amount of when you're adapting something, you've got to maintain some integrity and faithfulness. And so we still have those the the deadlights shining through the back of Pennywise's skull as he opens his mouth. This weird supernatural sci-fi stuff. I think if it was completely gone, the, some of the fans would be really really upset. But I think That's it fair. it works well enough because any to me, any horror movie, you're going to have some unexplained supernatural phenomenon. I think that's just a, a mm-hmm. you know, convention of the genre. You accept. I'm not always going to understand this. It's going to get defeated. It's an exorcism. It's an Indian right. it's, graveyard. It's uh, whatever. Exactly. It is. Yeah. And so we 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 accept that. No going in that. There's gonna they're going to defeat it through some mechanism that's going to be, you know, not believable in the real world because we're in. A fictional reality. These are the the rules. But it's
1: metaphorical.
3: Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Finding the totems of your pain. Getting rid of them. Joining together. Asking for help.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe maybe that's how I should watch horror from now on. Is try to separate myself from the scary stuff and really find the metaphor that it's trying to teach? Not teach. That it's trying...
4: That's gonna be a struggle for you because you're such a literalist. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's why this this whole genre is hard. And but you know, that's why I feel like haters character, that his his token uh was yes. a literal token <laughs> yeah.
2: from
4: a video game. Yep. I thought was brilliant. Like I actually thought oh, JJ's oh, yeah. gonna get that. <laughs>
2: like, oh. It's, okay. it's an actual <laughs> yeah. token. Just like he said. It's, a, of token. Course it it's is. a token. That's that's what I was supposed yeah. to do. Go get a yeah. token. That's not in the book.
3: Right. His no. questions no, about his not. sexuality. No, that's totally different. And I like how
1: not overly explicit it was. No one ever says anything. Nope. after you know explicitly I thought that was nicely done
2: Well, that and the storytelling in this movie that's something that, that I'm trying to make the point about earlier is that usually I like a lot of the mythology to be sort of like spoon fed to me especially in a scarier movie but they did a really good job of showing not telling in this movie in a way that allowed you to experience it over time and I think for me that was really hard because I was trying to assuage myself from all this fear but I think that it shows a real maturity in the way that they tell this story because I think that uh, there would be a lot that they maybe want to trot out there and put out. There. Did you guys? Did any of you guys see the one the Tim Curry version? Yeah. Yep. It, 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 how how do they compare? I mean, obviously it matters because even in that version there were a ton of stars and it was a big deal.
4: Well, it's been a very long time, but I it, I find it incredibly hard to talk about because. I think Bill Skarsgård has so deftly redefined Pennywise for a generation. Like, I think he just, I mean, Tim Curry was great. He was the Pennywise and now I can't right. even look at him. Like, it's just like, oh. He yeah. was great, but now it feels like a, an obvious first draft
2: Ooh, of like, it's the, it, like just an unworked here's the thing Pennywise. that you do.
1: And we were all like, oh my gosh. And he was so yeah. great. But I think a lot of that is because he's Tim Curry. Right. Like he just brings yeah. his voice, his face brings so much character to things yeah now I mean there's so much with what Skarsgård is doing there's like within one thing like within one scene there's weird malevolence and then also doubt yeah and pain like he's shame shame there's so much going on in his stuff it's really it's even it's hard when he was deflating at the very end spoiler alert it was hard for me to watch i was like you are the epitome of evil and yet you're making me feel sorry for
2: you it was perfect uh i thought
4: he's just incredible that was a that was a beautiful little turn at the end and it was the end sequence that i found like this the, the movie came off the rails for me and um and and yet that i i found that sequence in particular super redemptive uh for the character and it was it was damn near touching as all of them are gripping the heart together uh, and, and you know, sharing in this journey of destroying now anthropomorphized fear. And, and all he uh, and he's
1: together. just complete vulnerability and fear. He becomes his yeah, own meal,
2: right. which is. Yeah, right. A lot. Super interesting. And I agree with you. I think that what he did with this was super amazing. So it, 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 we talk about what's. You know, you remember Curry as the as the embodiment of Pennywise before, and now this is this new thing. What else about this story in particular? I mean, this was the highest. The first one was the highest grossing horror film of all time. This is a big deal. What is it about this story, and what is it about this thing that we're going to take through that's going to that we're going to remember? I mean, it can't just be fear of clowns, right? Like this wasn't this wasn't what taught everyone to fear clowns, was it?
1: I I think a lot of the first. Movie's success comes from it fronts. In my my personal opinion, it fronts is a really hardcore horror movie. So it's got like that. Did you see it? But it's not. It's actually for me not that actual scary. It's more of a fun house. It's very accessible.
2: I will say that it's first kind of, one is just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. There's not a lot safe. to hang on
1: to. Yeah, and but for me, it's like it's almost like I think the reason it's almost like a crossover of old town road of like rap and country. If you're not a, if you're not a huge fan of either, right. this will help you through. Cause it's kind of stand by me and pretending to be really scary horror, but it's not really that scary. So it takes you by the hand and everyone can sort of come in. That's yeah. it's old town road for me. The first one. That's interesting
4: yeah <laughs> i think that's super interesting i i think for me i i think it's actually uh, incredibly deft casting and i i want to oh, make yeah. sure we talk about the pairing because we're we're getting a little bit long in the tooth here and i i feel like we got to talk about some of the mechanics that were really important to me in the movie beyond just the cultural okay. resonance of the story uh, this is it's important to me to move on here first of all the casting was exceptional to a character to my eye are we talking about it too the, the way bu- the both. It both, I mean, the kids yeah. to the adults. That's the thing that really stood out. Every single face, I saw echoes of the the youth. And yeah. uh, I, I found the de-aging of the kids in this one super distracting. I think it was, uh, the, uh, but I went in looking for it. I didn't it, even know I, it was. So, I thought uh, they shot the of,
2: whole thing with just the kids. Yeah.
4: Didn't even I get didn't it. I didn't know, and I no. thought it was
1: across the board. I didn't have a single moment of that weird uncanny valley. You I saw it, was, it, Pete? I thought that the, they would have just... Felt really. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: In the when they first saw them in the underground, when the lighting was a little bit darker, then I could see every single mouth move that yeah. was oh. off, like everything. just super, I was really attuned to I it. Was just too scared. Um, too scared. But <laughs> I, I think just in general, the kids uh, to the adults, I think it was amazing. It was just amazing. I, I didn't like sometimes you get that thing, where, especially we have groups of kids to adults in these in these jumping over the transom of time Ooh. where you lose track of which one is paired with uh, which and uh, I, I never had that true problem for me at too. all uh, I, I thought they were all great absolutely right Bill Hader's national treasure James McAvoy I thought was great too he's yep. great in everything and you did see the vein the beast nice. vein that I thought was a nice throwback nice throwback they didn't <laughs> remove that there were
1: some times in some of his uh,
4: stuttering when I was like that's almost that kid Yeah.
0: <laughs> like it Hedwig. got, it got to do a little, <laughs> little <laughs> yeah. Dennis or yeah. like,
4: I don't remember everyone's name, but yeah.
3: Hedwig. Yeah, yeah. Hedwig. Hedwig. Yeah. Hedwig. Hedwig. Yes.
4: Hedwig. Yeah. Hedwig. yeah. I, I think all of them were great, but I got to call out Isaiah Mustafa. What a fantastic <laughs> performance of this guy who, who shows up as like, sh- just kind of like ashamed, but yet so confident that he is doing the right thing. And just this sort of meagerness is that, in this, is that in this character. Yes. Got it. Okay. That that's Mike, and the fact that he is, you know, he's the the like the Old Spice man's man really? guy, you know. know I mean, I just think was was really great. Yeah, yeah, he's I'm on Wait, a boat, literally, right? Now. Literally, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. He, he was the commercial. Yeah, he was the. That was his first gig. Was the. Was the. I guess um, I don't recognize him because the boat. And in this, he's ladies, so, make your man smell like the man you want to awesome. smell like. And in right? this, he's so vulnerable. He's yeah. so vulnerable, and I. Yeah. I thought that was wow. um, was really great. I was really impressed by by him, and and loved seeing him getting this size of a stage. Uh, uh, in this film, I think he was he was terrific. And so. Chastain is. I, she
2: was, I yeah, every movie perfect. I see her in, I, I, I like her more and more. I mean, I, yep. I just, yeah. I, I am a huge fan of hers, and every movie we've done about uh, the, with one of her movies on the yeah. on the show, I've been yeah. super impressed with uh, Molly's Game. We did um, Miss, Sloan Miss Sloan on Trailer Rewind. Oh yeah! I mean, she is just yeah. fantastic. I love her work.
3: Can we talk briefly about the the clever cameos?
2: Yeah. Please. Yes. Because I, I heard then. there was one unexpected
3: one. And I thought that as it was starting, I thought, well, I, w- I wonder what this weird cameo is going to be. Is it going to be something at the end as part of the reveal? And now we get it right up front. I think I was the only person in my theater that laughed out loud, maybe because I'm the only one that recognized Peter Bogdanovich as the director of the film. Oh, yeah.
4: And I, yes. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it's like your ending sucks exactly. and
1: then of course and the way that he in his scarf yes. ascends from on high right
2: in this ridiculous and then he's like back to one, yeah. back, to one. back to one and it goes back up ascends yeah. up to the heavens again and then
3: of course stephen king is the this little owner of the the pawn shop or yeah. whatever because he's yeah normally he was yeah, really good I thought, it was nice to see stevie in, in his one of his movies again right so, yeah. yeah um
4: there was another one that I I wanted to point out that I thought was really charming, the, uh, and that is uh, Brandon okay. Crane. Uh, if you saw the first it, the mini series, Young uh, Oh the right. Ben, yep, yeah, uh, Young Ben Whiskum Hanscom, mm-hmm. whatever it is, Whiskum Hanscom, yeah. Whiskam, Ben Hanscom. It was Ben Hanscom, uh, was played by Brandon Crane, age twelve, and uh, so cut to this, the very first time we meet elder Ben Hanscom in this movie is in the boardroom, right? And the old guy who's saying, we need more walls, right? That is Brandon Crane playing now in a scene opposite the new Ben Hanscom, which I thought was really charming. And
2: of course you're going to think he's Ben because he's Ben.
4: Exactly. Exactly. I thought that was a lovely little fake out. And it's not a cameo, but it was neat how
1: you were sold on that we were seeing Ben. Ben. There was a Ben kind of... You would assume that's how he grew up in yep. the room, and then real Ben shows up, and he's like,
4: "Hi, I'm made of brilliance <laughs> and beautifulness, yeah. and God gave me a touch-up." Yeah, <laughs> and and the fact that the old Ben Hanscom in the original movie, do you remember who no. played him? Handsome, handsome, John. <laughs> Love it. He <laughs> was he was great. Do you remember who played uh,
1: Richie Tozer? Richie Harry Anderson was very oh dishorning.
4: harry anderson i mean harry anderson's yes.
1: fine and all but like such yeah. a great fertile character and then they gave it to the judge from, court. Like, uh, judge from night court yeah. and in the beginning scene he does it one of his dumb
4: magic puzzles. oh see. Right. no at some point
1: we're all gonna look back on this and say whoops
4: what annette o'toole uh was in the original anyway we're not here to talk about the originals it oh i am uh, it was super fun uh back to the the cast the building the team bit I thought was fantastic. There's a whole sequence of building the team where we're learning about the team and and some of the stuff is a little bit I, I feel like controversial as I'm reading other others uh talking about it uh, you know the abuse the spousal abuse in the in the you know the um, initial meeting of beverly um and, and in fact the the opening uh, assault which is as brutal an assault that you see on the bridge as we it, get in. and it it turns Isn't out that, that how,
1: that's how the m-
4: book begins, right? Is the assault on Adrian It's like yeah. the yeah. second chapter yeah. of yeah. the book. So we start with Georgie and then we go to, you know, cut to, that's how we get into the present, which was an interesting note on the mechanics. Like instead of going back and forth, they, you know, split out the timelines, which I thought was really uh, effective, if not a little bit chaotic in this movie. I thought that was great. One of the things that we talked about, the horror versus the, um, you know, not being that horror horrific, um, I think they get away with that because of cleverness and humor, yes. right? Every yep. horrible, like, sequence is managed by a gag or an incredibly cool transition that is super distracting <laughs> yes. and the, building the team one right we go to stanley and i think it's stanley's transition where we go from horrible thing to we're underneath a yes. puzzle Love and that. we go up I through the puzzle, the puzzle. Like, that was
2: so yes
4: cool uh, there was another one—the transition, the call to Ben transition. Uh, oh, that was the call to the the thing—the the, thing, the, the um, uh, Bill Hader vomiting, yeah. like coming oh, yeah. out onto the bridge, was a great transition. Uh, the opening transition into the gutter cuts, like it goes into the gutter, and then these lights come out of it, and it turns out we're already in the carnival by the time you know where you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that sort of cleverness after, uh, genuinely horrific things offsets the scary stuff and it gives you a a sense of I don't know, it's a little bit perforated. It
3: it gives you room to breathe. That's That's, that's,
1: that's
3: some of that accessibility
1: that I was talking about. He's very good at that stuff. The transitions were some of that's the reason I want to go back. What I don't think that the director is the best at is he can have a sequence and it's really kind of spooky and quiet and neat and he doesn't he doesn't have a governor. He'll go from that to 20. Right. Like, the the scene with um, Jessica Chastain and the old woman. Yeah. But when she comes, when she finally runs out and is, like, insanely... This was in the first one, too. There was so much unnecessary CGI. The practical stuff works really good. Like, I don't remember... The I'm not gonna want to go back and see the woman with, and then she has mouths on her throat. throat. Just because you can, you don't have to. What I will remember is in the first movie, Richie walking into that that room with all of the clowns.
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: I wish he like. I wish he. I kind of feel like he. I wish he had more confidence in just being small, because almost every scariest stuff at at some point goes too insane. Like Paul Bunyan gets.
3: Too well, even, insane. Everything. Yes, gets too I, I agree. Much. About, I mean, my favorite sort of. I thought it was handled really well at first. Was the the three doors, and it's like, oh, he's 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 messing yeah. with us. Let's go to the one that's not scary. Oh crap, that's scary. Okay, let's let's. Okay, he's not messing with us. Let's go to this one, and it's the Pomeranian, which was a great gag. But then it turns it. Then then yeah. it, again, like Tommy says, it goes to twenty. Right. It goes way right. above yeah. and beyond what it needed to do because it was. Just let it be a right. gag. Yeah. Well, it it can, was great. You, can, you can push it into the into the scary. It just didn't need to be a seven foot tall CG swirling horror thing. There were uh, there's right. other ways to be smart about how to how to take the small dog and make it terrifying without it, just. Right.
2: There are yeah. seen. Did
1: you notice that the the callback to those three doors is we saw the other half. Of that person right, girl. <laughs> the legs. We all figured yeah. that out. Okay. Because in the first one, she was hanging, the top half of yes. her was hanging. <laughs> and in the last time you saw her, I, just, I thought <laughs> that there was There is. are
2: places <laughs> where the humor yeah. seems wrong to me though too. Can you guys explain to me the Angel yes. in the Morning? What Angel was Angel in the Morning? Was, we got eight seconds of that song and then it's just... It weirdly... Did you laugh? Did anyone laugh? worked for me. Okay. I
1: did. And there was tons of times when I was like... Why would you put this gag there? You completely suck the air out of things. Tons, tons. And even Hater has thrown some of those. For that, for me, because his entire, so much of his identity is about avoiding grossness that he actually had to give him a moment of pure, he's winning. He's defying the grossness. They bring it up later about the choking. He's really winning, and then that—that's the horrible gift is to be completely slimed. I wish it had actually been a little bit grosser
2: to, the, authorize the Right, Angel the song the ruined but, it. I mean, the song made it. It's the it's the can't I know. Be. Well, it made oh, it funny. No, I guess. Yeah. The Pomeranian, I laughed. I get at. it. The 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 song, I was like, oh, okay. That harkens that to me, it, it, it calls back
4: just to sliming in general, like a really effective slime scene was in It One, when, and it was super practical when the sink blows up yes. and she's covered in blood, and it gives us a wonderful experience of watching the losers get back together and, and help her and, and demonstrate their isolation and their loneliness because nobody else can see it. I mean, all of that stuff, I think, worked really, really well, and I didn't get as much of that here. And I found that frustrating because it was I felt like there was more opportunity here because they had the richness of the adult cast that I think was working so well. I loved their dinner. I loved their introductory <laughs> yeah. dinner so much. And and I even think that nonsense like fortune cookie gag was, uh, you know, it it was uh, but that isn't it was one where the humor worked so yeah. well because again, nobody else could see it as they go crazy and destroy a restaurant. That moment, that beat was super restrained. And I think that that actually worked very, very well for me.
1: (laughs) It was one real quick other thing is I started to get a little nervous when it was clear that they were going to separate everyone and everyone had to go on these individual journeys. While I like the idea of that, something that I think is forgotten so much in horror is the power of panic in groups. That it's always the M.O. is to send one person down a hallway. Everyone's ready for that. Like to have a bunch of people go. So then when they teamed up, it even went by two by two and stuff like in the Pennywise cave and stuff. It was such a relief of like
2: to get back. The problem to that with stuff. this story, why you can't do that is because that was one of the Book of the Vampire things of the first movie that he needed to separate right. them to scare them. Like I agree with you. I think that's a powerful thing in horror to do. Unfortunately with this story, isolation is kind of the key metric for their fear.
1: And that's why I was I was okay with it. Yeah. It ended up working like the I actually could have used during some of those or maybe it just would have been repetitive when everyone went on this very episodic journey. Everyone goes on their walk for their totem and after a while you're like, "Oh right like another character i loved how in the in when they go back to the house on nebold street they start intercutting between them i kind of maybe would have liked that to cut down on the episodic nature in the in those first ones or maybe then that would have made the nebold street stuff seem repetitive i'm not sure it was just it's very ambitious a lot to cover
4: yeah there's a lot of meanwhile back at the ranch right. going on in this
2: yeah
4: <laughs> it becomes tiresome why then like the the it i I just feel like it devolves when it becomes giant pennywise in the middle of a cavern, and all the little people running from side to side. Hmm. I found that just exhausting and predictable yeah, i and don't care I about done. that at all i was done
2: i mean that that's the thing like that the
4: well, there's a difference, JJ. Do you not care about it or not the, care the for same. it?
2: The, 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 I equally. <laughs> okay. Because it's not, there's, that's the point <laughs> yes, where is. I'm like, I don't get the joy of this moment because uh, it, yes. it doesn't have any story weight to it at all. It's, it, and it is, it, it's not a jump scare at that point either. It's kind of like a big WTF moment. Like that's all it is. And in capital letters.
3: Yeah, I agree with you on that because I they, they do the ritual, the the deadlights come down into the container, they try to Mike tries to put the lid on, it turns into the giant balloon, and I thought, okay, this the the plan has failed. So things are gonna get crazy from here. How are they gonna handle this? And then when it's giant pennywise chasing them around, I thought, okay what's their plan? They can run from him for how long? Clearly, they need a plan to do this. And what I got was, well, we had this in the beginning. We're throwing some echoes back to them as kids where it's Pennywise, the spider chasing them around. And it is from the book that that is sort of the, the manifestation of Pennywise is this spidery thing. So that's, that's drawn in there. But yeah, I didn't need that. It was... They needed some purpose there, and it was, well, we need a chase scene here. And it, it. I agree with you guys. It didn't work for me. I didn't receive joy from that part at all. I just thought, oh, I, I really hope they can redeem this ending a little bit better than just, you know, running around and, and throwing rocks at him.
1: I think maybe one of the reasons that I gave it a little bit more of a pass, because, Pete, in the very beginning, you brought up... It's the epitome of running around fake things, throwing fake things and things. Tom answered this. One of the reasons that I, do, what I was okay with it is that is how the book, he is a spider in his form. And in the original TV series, we didn't have any of this technology. If you remember how it was done, it was all a shadow effect on a cave wall. Where you see a poorly animated spider and a bunch of people being like, because they were trying to honor the book. This at least looked pretty good to me. And still, while having to honor the book, I thought it was kind of at that point, I was just so along for the ride. And was worried about Eddie. Like, I mean, the characterization and stuff was the end, the ending with the friendship stuff. I, yeah, yeah, literally, that that was the third
4: ending, (laughs) second ending
1: third 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 ending when it gets stand by me where he's ending if anyone do you ever have friends like you do in whatever grade (laughs) Jesus does anyone like they're literally ending it the same way as stand by
4: me and I was like (laughs) I have old friends too so wait are you (laughs) talking about the
2: time in the lake
4: I but see you know what like it's funny I I I, I hear where you're going with that and anytime the friends are like uh, talking with each other and feels I'm into that yeah I'm into it yeah yeah that was the I bikes, was Ryan the dragon the whole time yeah
1: hearing stand and then when they started switching the adults, the voices between the adults and the kids and it's not matching because they're all each other. So manipulative, so easy, so Breakfast Club. And I was like, I'm a, I'm and a then loser Benny too, because it then. is such
2: a <laughs> night. Yeah,
1: it is such a weird ending of like we're all losers, we're the worst, and we're always gonna be pieces of ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. But it was right. super
2: effective because I cared yeah, about. They, these
1: that, people. That's very true. I cared about yeah. the kids. I cared about
2: the about the adults. Yeah. Thirty-eight million dollars on one day. That's pretty good, right? Wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's off yeah. to a heck of a yeah. start. I think it's, you know, there's no competition now, really. Is there anything else that it's up against in the theaters right now? Angel I know has that, fallen.
1: Because I've been watching this. You're
3: watching how it does against Gerard Butler. Is that what we're looking at?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Because I'm just fascinated by the that. Thing. that. The horror thing. the blank has fallen oh. seems like. The, the JAG or the NCIS yes, of movies. Yes. yes. Like, I know no one that sees them, and yet it always goes great. So it's either everyone's parents, or it's a movie that somehow people leave on so their cat doesn't get lonely
4: <laughs> 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 when they leave their house, right. but it's in yes. a theater. <laughs> well done, Tommy. I was ready to just steamroll over you, but okay. the cat thing, that was good. That was well-timed. Angel, Angel has fallen is the, uh, in second place,
2: and it made less than $2 million on friday so it it is crushing
4: yeah. yeah the the other one that that is getting i mean in terms of uh, direct competition I, I don't know that if that my if my choice is, gosh, should I see it? My, the other movie is Angel Has Fallen or Spider-Man Far From Home Extended Cut. But I might see Ready or Not, which is getting some great oh, reviews, right? Um, I loved uh, Ready or, or not. not, Tommy. It's oh, so nice. much fun. It's so much and fun. It's a taut hour and a half. Yeah. Like that's if that's your choice.
1: Well, it's so short. It, it, it Did you see it with the short movie before it, Steve? Wait, did anyone see I, it? I, no. I saw There was it.
3: no short movie before it. Oh,
1: here it's playing with a short. Oh. Like a hor- a little horror oh, short nice. before it, I think, because it's oh, so funny. short. But yo, Ready or Not is dynamite. Okay. That's good to Speaking
3: hear. Speaking of little Start. shorts, did you guys have the weird, you thought you were getting it and you ended up getting a a, uh, oh, a different movie yes. there? Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Yes, exactly. Okay.
4: That's another movie that has a stupid title in the script. What are we, some kind of Suicide Squad? <laughs> oh, God.
2: Okay.
4: Anyway, yes, there's the Harley <laughs> Quinn. I'm so sick yes. of clowns.
1: This is the second mm-hmm. time that that studio has done it. The first one is with that new movie by uh, um, whoever directed Interstellar. Mr. Oh, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Yeah, his new movie. It's something like tennis. They're doing, you can't find it on the internet. It's only showing up in theaters as these little weird fake outs. They're kind of making uh, it's kind of like The Walking Dead in theaters. Like they're talking dead, I mean, they're giving a reason to see it
2: live in theaters. One other uh, tidbit of trivia before we close up, too. So we've been talking so much about it chapter one uh, taking over this spot as the spot is the highest grossing horror film of all time. If you haven't looked it up already, do you know what it unseated? I'll tell you the year 1999 oh. Scream. No. You wouldn't think of this movie as a horror film, but it, it, it to think that this is the last one that was number one from 1999. That's a long time for a movie yeah. original material. Can you give us a clue
1: or is this uh, not fun to play a guessing game on a podcast?
2: Shyamalan. Oh, cents! Sense. Oh, the Sixth Sense, Sixth oh, Sense. The six cents. yeah. Isn't yes. that okay. interesting that it's the yeah. Sixth Sense in 99, that it's unseated? I thought that was really interesting, and I like that. I, I, I guess I like that there, that there's that much resonance with a movie like that, with original material and all that stuff. And if this is what's doing it, I think maybe there's some – that there's some warranting to this movie, especially these two movies, it, it, one and two, having this kind of significance to push it over the edge on it. 2017 to 1999, that's what, 28 years? That's a that's a pretty good no, run for six
3: years. No, that's 18 years. So math JJ. and I aren't
2: friends. Horror and I aren't friends. You know we're trying to work all these things
1: out. <laughs> I like how I was just like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sure. That's a number. <laughs> You're saying
2: numbers. I'm all in. So it's 18 years. That's still not a yeah, short amount no, of time. Nothing to sneeze
1: at. Exactly. Did
2: you guys have anything else in closing that you'd like to talk about with this one?
1: Yes. One really last quick thing. One of my favorite things in horror cinema and in all cinema, but really horror, it's making a real comeback is the idea of using memory, using flashbacks of having like the kid actor run by the adult actor in the same phrase. The director Mike Flanagan, who's one of my favorite horror directors right now, he's the guy behind *Haunting of Hill House* on Netflix, and he does it on—he uh, did it in *Oculus*. He is the master of doing that. Like that's his big trick, and I feel like Andy Spaghetti really like, <laughs> like copied to a T his way of doing it. It's just—it gives me a thrill. We talked about the the our love, Pete, about the practical stuff more than the crazy CGI. That is such a low rent, easy thing to do, and it just my favorite mm-hmm. thing in the entire
2: world. I think. Did they do it with Stanley or did they do it with Eddie the the face on to face to transition? Well,
1: the face on to face was, was with Eddie, Eddie because that, that is was so good. That was in like I thought it was the kid with makeup on. Right? Like he looks. They are just <laughs> key. Yeah.
2: They are just so great. perfect. Yeah. So with that, maybe it's time that we should rank it.
1: I really liked this movie and I couldn't come up with a the theme because I got too obsessed with it takes two, like it takes two to make a clown give a fright, but that's stupid. <laughs> and then I got obsessed with it too Brute and that doesn't make any sense. And I that's couldn't get song. past those for a song. And so I literally have nothing. Flick chart. My apologies, <laughs> but I do like this movie. I just couldn't, it was like an earworm
4: I gave myself. I'm putting that whole thing on
2: the CD. We've got all the movies that we've talked about on this show ranked over at flickchart.com slash TNR film board. Flickchart is a really cool site where you can create a tournament style stack ranking of your movie preferences. So go check it out and find out how your film favorites fare against ours. Who has got the keys to the castle today?
4: I'm in it, and you know it's it's funny i've got the it uh not that this is predictive or anything, but you know Flickchart has this little stats before you rank it. You can see how how the film is doing in the global ranking of Flick chart oh. users and right now it's ranked seventy two thousand six hundred and sixty third uh it wins thirty seven percent of its matchups S- only seventy seven total users oh. have ranked it oh wow so it's only been Can't ranked seventy seven times. Mm. and uh, zero people have it at number one. Zero people have it in their top 20. Oh, So just, just you know. I'll throw our hat in the me. ring. Uh, I'm going to let us add it to the flick chart yeah. and go to the grid. Yeah. <laughs> First up, <laughs> It Chapter Two or hail Caesar. <laughs> it,
1: it, chapter it Chapter Two. Uh, that's two for It Chapter Two.
2: That's correct.
3: Yeah, I will have to. I will say it. Chapter two. All right, it chapter two came up on my foot two.
4: How about it? Chapter two or Captain America: Civil War? Civil War for me. Civil War for me.
1: Is that the airport one? Um. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To be on. Yeah, Civil War. It's because I just I want to see. I've seen <laughs> Civil War too many times that one sequence that I love, the airport <laughs> scenes, and I want to see yeah. it too yeah. again. So like, I want to vote for it, but I don't think that that's right.
3: That's I hear it. you. Steve was about, nodding. Yeah, I, I will. It, Mar, see, yeah. Marvel is tough. To, to, sure. to, yeah. It's a, it's its own thing and it has its own pleasure, but the, there's a complexity to the characters in this. I, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, okay. All
4: right. How about it? Chapter two or solo star Wars story. It chapter two. It's chapter two.
2: It chapter two.
4: Oh, take that!
2: Yeah, all right. It, it so aged poorly with me.
4: it. Chapter two or Captain Marvel? Oh, it chapter two for me. It chapter two for
3: me. The uh, Marvels like popcorn. You know, it doesn't have the substance.
2: It's fu- but right. it's so dang fun. I will tell you a lot of this positivity about me ranking here like this is because of the conversation. No,
3: I I think because
2: mm. I can't do horror on my own. I would have walked away with that being negative. Like on my flick chart, it doesn't show up well at all because I did it before we did this. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling better about it after talking about
3: this. Yeah, I'll go at chapter two.
4: How about it? Chapter two or the man from UNCLE. Chapter two,
1: because as much as I enjoyed it, I can't keep the man from uncle in my head. Uncle I remember walking me. out and I was like, I loved it. I can't remember a single part. They were in a boat at one point.
2: <laughs> they were. <laughs> and I, I want uncle. I, re-
3: All right. I remember, see, I've seen it again. And I remember our initial conversation. We had some issues with the end. There was some thing, there was some mechanics going on at the end that, uh, with double crossing. Bill write it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but I do love uncle. So I'm going to go with uncle.
4: Wait. So it's two to one. So it's, Two to one, and Pete. I'm I'm at chapter two. So okay. we have a tie. Oh boy, so
2: Pete and Steve do Rochambeau, please. All
3: right, I'll give it to you, Steve. I'll what? give it to oh, you. said I'll, I'll give, give it, it to you, you. cuz I it, it's yeah. No, I if we're if we're split, I I wasn't that that firm on Uncle. It is a lot of fun and I enjoy it.
2: This is how we beat fear on this show. We compromise. It's a smart thing. Yeah, no, I just I just won It was a
4: rosham don't. I'll compromise.
3: I'll compromise. I it doesn't it, they're they're I'm happy with either way on that one. Yeah great it wins i'm I'm gonna tell you this one
4: (laughs) the next mashup here is really hard Uh for me actually maybe it's pretty easy i don't know it chapter two or split oh split from both are
1: so have so many problems and so many great parts
2: (gasps) split for me (laughs) from the cheap seats split takes it
1: i'll give it to you like as if it's A thing that I
4: could do. (laughs) This is is interesting. Uh, You guys, this puts split, no, it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at uh, number 24 on our flick chart. Right after Molly's game. Oh, Oh, see, Jessica, there you are. At least Jessica stays intact. Uh, So that's 24. That's a 71%, three and a half stars. If we were to judge by the algorithm. For Again, and, box I,
2: and like I said, this has moved up for me. I actually am going to say it's three stars. And because now I have a sense of what the story means, because I didn't from the movie, I was too scared. I, it's a like for me. So I started out this podcast saying it wasn't. But I it's three and a like. For me. And I think Jessica Chastain might be my favorite actress in Hollywood. What? Yes. yes. Oh, oh. Meryl.
4: I assume Meryl straight listens. I know.
2: She loves
1: it. Sorry, Tara Reed. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's out of four. If it's out of four, it's three it's and a like for me. Out of five. It's out, it's out of out five? five. Out of five. Four, four.
2: and a half, half.
1: Four, four and a like for me. I will
4: go yeah. with th-
2: three and a half and a like. Three, four, three and a half. All likes.
4: I think I'm uh, three and a half.
2: Perfect. Three and a half and a like. We all get I assume you're a like too, Pete. Didn't mean to jump yes.
4: in. <laughs> I'm going to heart that.
2: That's wonderful. Absolutely. Where do we go from here? We had a great uh, listener suggestion in our Green Room talk before this show to check out in October a Bong Joon-ho movie coming out, Parasite. So that is our plan for October.
1: Remind the audience who Bong Joon-ho is.
2: No, yeah, why don't you, Tommy? <laughs> well,
1: he <laughs> loves the cinema.
2: He's a big <laughs> flick man. Sorry, I don't know his name. Dandy and did Snowpiercer on yes. him. They did. You guys did an entire series. We did a whole ho series. series. Yes, yeah. and did the host. I mean, it, it, he's it, he's great. I'm excited for it. It may be a little scary again, but I'm I've been happy with his movie, so I'm excited to do that one. It is in limited release, so we're not sure yet. We have to make sure it's showing in Portland and Phoenix, or else Tommy's going to do a film board all by himself in L.A. Woo! But everything shows in my backyard. But that's coming out the weekend of October 11th. So that's what we're looking to do for the film board in October. Pete, are you guys still talking about uh, Robin Hood there on the main show? It's been so long. All right. Now, what comes easy. after it? Just maybe easy. Everybody. Oh, Pre- yeah, I know.
4: Robin Hood has been. It's an exhaustive. Survey of the Robin Hoods. Yes. Just,
2: but important.
4: Good. It's so we did. Uh, let's see. As this uh, goes live, we are talking about. I unbelievably, we have three more Robin Hood. Movies <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> at this point, we have Robin Hood '91, the John Irving uh, film. We just talked about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves Yay. last week. Yep. Which you know Uh, yes and then we have Robin Hood Men in Tights and then we have Robin Hood 2010 the Ridley Scott version and we are doing the director's cut of that film so we have three more Robin Hood but after that look it's all Cronenberg all the time so get ready we start with Shivers we end with Dead Ringers and we've got a full eight uh, seven seven Cronenberg films yes we're doing Rabid yes we're doing Scanners yes we're doing Videodrome (laughs) Nightbreed, every single one of them. Are you going to do ones where he just starred in, like Nightbreed? Uh, We are not doing Nightbreed. I'll tell you, Shivers, Rabid, Fast Company, The Brood, Mm. Scanners, Videodrome, Deadbringers, and The Jerk. No, that's Steve Martin. (laughs) Yes, we're doing a whole Steve Martin series, too.
2: (laughs) Well, that's great, and that's exciting going forward. I know there's been some Robin Hood angst, but I've been happy with the shows. There have been a couple that I've been uh, listening to and being happy with uh, learning all about. The Prince of Thieves episode is especially fun to listen to because I feel like a lot of people know that movie. That's from kind of the sweet spot of our film grow up culture, I feel like. So there's a lot of interesting stuff to listen to in those shows. And you I want a real downer, hit Robin and Marion and then just watch the last 10 minutes cuz I mean, <laughs> yeah. I didn't talk about it in the show open, but we just did talk about it in our green room session. We do that before every film board uh talk here. We meet with people in our Discord server and we chat about the movie that we're doing this month and just all the different stuff going on there. If you don't know about our Discord server, you should go and check out thenextreel.com. Let us know that you want to see more of us on that server where we gather with all of our fun film friends and discuss lots of things and stuff and nonsense from around and inside the entertainment globe the deadlights of the entertainment world <laughs> there's also specific chats about our shows and lots of spoilerific fun to be had by all so come and join us on discord because that's where we'll keep the conversation going For this one say goodnight Pete Wright you'll float too you'll float too see you later Tommy handsome you lied and I died one more word from Steve Sarmento. this meeting of the losers club has officially ended on everyone <laughs> yay at the next reel when the movie ends Our conversation begins. Till next.
4: Andy, according to my friend Internet, this is what Letterboxd is.